0: Welcome to The Haunted Ride. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Haunted Ride. I'm your host, Melissa. Thank you for joining me. Now, I hope you have your tea and your snacks. I wanted to tell you guys thank you for sticking with me through all of the kind of technical issues that's been going on. There have been a lot of changes. I know I changed the website, so it's still thehauntedride.com and the front page Essentially, looks the same, a little different, but it does look pretty much the same. But now there is a blog, so when you first open it up, the next link is the send us your story link, which has its own like awesome little type form thing in there, um, which I really like. I actually have used one before, and I was like, oh, this is really cool. And then when I found out I could put it on the website, I was like, what? This is great. <laughs> so there's that. And then the next thing is the blog, which I just got analytics from and um, found out you guys are actually going to. So that's really cool. Uh, It makes me really, really happy that people are actually enjoying it because I do like writing. And it is kind of nice because it gives me this sort of extra opportunity to spend with you guys because I can't type as much on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram as I can on a blog post. So it's just kind of nice to be able to like put out something else with you guys and have some more, you know, just a continue building that whole relationship and community with you guys. It makes me really happy. Additionally, there is now going to be, uh, I think I've finally gotten it as nice as I sort of want it to be for right now. There is now a login screen for members, and it's going to be anybody who has signed up to be a key contributor uh, through Patreon. So you'll get an email from me saying like, Hey, thanks for, you know, donating on Patreon, et cetera, et cetera, and then you'll also get an email from the website saying if you would like to register to be part of this group, here you go. It is called The Haunt Club. I, I played around with titles for a while, and that was the best one I could come up with. I mean, I think it kind of goes with The Haunted Ride, The Haunt Club. They work. It's fine. I'm really good at, like, extra creative names. Like, if you want me to, like, figure out, like, an extra creative name for a character, I can totally do it. If you want me to fill out like a normal name, I don't really think I'm all that good at it. I just, and I think that's what it is. I think it's, I don't think I'm all that good at it. I don't think I'm horrible at it. I just think that I'm not good at it. So whatever good idea is that I think I have instantaneously drops the coolness factor. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's there's that. And I know uh, Spotify just got its feed updated since we also changed host when we changed the website and I didn't really realize that there was going to be that much of an issue like I had done research and people had said like yeah it's a pain in the behind to like switch from one host to another when your host's website not a legitimate you know podcast host but I was like yeah it's fine and and it was mostly like oh you'll have to manually distribute all of this stuff yourself and I was like that's that's not a big deal like fine I'll do it and for the most part, it wasn't, it wasn't that bad. It was just like once something broke, it took a really long time to fix. So that was mostly it. So thank you guys for sticking around. Thank you guys for being so patient. Thank you guys for like quickly sort of adapting to like the new stuff. I hope you guys like the mythology episode. I was really nervous about it. Um, but it doesn't look like I've lost anyone. So <laughs> I think we're okay. <laughs> I'll do another one of those probably sometime next month, which we're about to be in March, which is insane. But we are going to play a quick promo, and it's going to be by somebody who I completely and utterly adore. I listen to her podcast all the time. I listen to both of their podcasts. Um, So here's the promo. Hi, I'm Lainey, host of the True Crime Fan Club podcast, and I'm excited to tell you about my brand new podcast called It's Haunted, What Now? It's a podcast that brings you true stories about haunted objects, and the owners who unknowingly welcomed them into their lives. Join me as I share these creepy, spooky, and downright terrifying stories. You can find It's Haunted, What Now? on your favorite podcatcher or at hauntedpod.com. Okay, so I was really at a war with myself over this episode because... Originally, the episode was supposed to be on a story that I got, and I was going to do some research, see if I could find some other things that had to go along with the story, kind of just, like, get all this stuff together and have, like, a really awesome episode, and I was really excited about that. And then I had something happen to me last weekend, and after it happened and I kind of went through it and just had everything occur, I realized that I just had this, like, overwhelming urge to... Give you guys something else, and I really, I really didn't want to do that because I'd already said I was going to do something, and I'm like one of those if I say I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it type of people. But finally, I just had to say, you know what? I have this urge to really do this thing, and I think if it's this strong that I really like, feel like I need to do this, then I'm just going to do it. So this episode is about I've talked a lot about the fact that I had to open myself back up to supernatural. I think like in passing, I've kind of talked about like different things I've done and like maybe like a couple little experiences here and there, but I haven't really gone deep into it. And I think I need to, I I know I've had people ask me about it. I've had people ask me about um, how can they open themselves up? And I think it's, I've talked a lot about the fact of like, you have to ask yourself why, like, why do you want to do that? But I, I like say that, but I haven't shared that with you all. So it kind of feels like I'm only giving you guys half of the response and half of the reason why I'm not really backing it up with anything to preface with this episode. I'm going to go into the, why I had closed myself off in the first place. Um, why I decided to open myself back up, how I opened myself back up. And then the, which these are all kind of going to just be quick little things and then the last thing, which is going to be the majority of this episode, is what has happened since I've opened myself back up to supernatural. Now, I will preface this by saying that I do talk about anxiety. So if that's, I'm not going to, you know, deeply dive into it. I'm not, I just going to put it out there that I'm going to mention that word. If that's something that like, it's hard for you to hear that particular word, I, I don't want to trigger anything for you. So please maybe skip ahead about a minute or so. And um, I'm just going to, like I said, touch on these points really quick, and I will kind of get to, like, the sort of meat of this episode pretty quickly, but I did, I don't want to hurt anyone. I, I know it can be different for different people, so I don't want to hurt anyone. So I just wanted to let you guys know that was coming, and it's there, and let's get started. So the reason why I closed myself off to the Supernatural to begin with was because I was concerned with my abilities that I have... I before I closed myself off, I knew I had extremely strong abilities. I knew a little bit about what each one could do. I didn't really put titles on them. I don't really like titles too much because there are certain things that I can do that I haven't discussed. Um, one of them I will bring up in this conversation today, but I don't really know what they are. I don't really know what they fall under, and so it's kind of weird for me to be like, "Oh yeah, I'm a title for this, this, and this." Oh, and then question mark, question mark, question mark. I don't know what this is. Unknown. <laughs> so I just feel like it should either be completely unknown or like maybe like find a title and I haven't been able to find a title for it. So that's kind of what that is. But I just, I was really concerned um, when I had children that they were going to have the same abilities. And because I was so open spirits, I won't say that spirits are extremely attracted to me. That's actually something I've had to learn throughout this process, but it's very easy for me to find them. And I think it's easy for them to find me. Like if I screw up essentially, for lack of a better term. And I I didn't want to be an attracting feature for spirits. And then my children be an attracting feature and them have to deal with what it was that I went through in the haunted house. You know, I went through thinking I was nuts. I went through thinking I was crazy. I went through a lot in that house and that house stuck with me for a really long time. And I don't want that for my kids. So that was a lot of why I closed myself off. The reason why I had to open myself back up though, is because I started realizing I was having anxiety. And, uh, the first time I had it was a couple years ago. So like two years ago now, uh, not fully, but, um, two years ago or so was the first time I ever felt it. And I knew that it was anxiety. Like, I just thought it was like, you know, anxious. And that was it. I didn't put anything else behind it. That was it. But as that feeling kept going on and kept moving by and I kept handling it about as appropriately as I thought I could. And then when it would disappear, I thought like, oh, okay, cool. Like I've dealt with it. Not like oh, I'm ignoring it. So there was that. But I eventually got to this point where I had an anxiety attack. And if you've ever had that happen to you, I'm so sorry. And that's part of why I end the end of each and every single podcast episode with something good that I've learned today or this week or something like that that I want to share with you guys is because of that anxiety attack. Because if I had paid more attention to myself um, and I'm not saying like, you know, this is, this is my case of anxiety. It doesn't mean it's yours or anybody else's. If I would have paid better attention to myself, I would have seen it happening. And I did see it happening. I ignored it. And I thought ignoring it was the solution to it. And it wasn't. So when all this happened and I realized what happened, I said, oh crap, this is, this is, you know, this is a big thing. I realized just how much it was taking over my life. And I said, okay. I need to become healthy. And I I knew that I didn't really like feel like myself. Like I'm a very big, or I'm very big into self-reflection and sort of self-analysis. Typically, I know when I am 100% myself, like I feel good. I feel I like my personality comes through and it shines through and I feel like wholesome in that versus when something just feels off with me. And I didn't realize how much I felt off all the time. And why? So I said, you know what? I'm not healthy. I'm not healthy emotionally, mentally, physically, or spiritually. And that's not okay. So I started doing things to make myself feel essentially healthy. And I realized that spiritually, the reason why I didn't feel healthy is because I was ignoring a huge part of myself and a huge part of my life. It didn't mean that, you know, I say this all the time. If I go to a place that has a ghost, I'm going to know there's a ghost there. It didn't mean that me closing myself off to the supernatural didn't know there was a ghost there. I did. But I wouldn't be able to fully commit to that experience and fully experience that experience. Because I had closed myself off. So I might get the inkling, but I might not be able to talk to the ghost. Whereas if I'm completely open, I am able to talk to the ghost. I'm able to help the ghost. Like, I in a large real way, close down the purpose of my spiritual self and my abilities. And of course that's going to lead to you having issues. Like I basically just said, you are not allowed to be yourself all the time. And how am I supposed to feel healthy and sit down and say, Oh yeah, I'm going to feel like, you know, 100% myself and I'm going to be 100% committed to like my everyday, like anything when I'm, I've literally cut out a huge part of my life like that. It didn't make any sense. I don't know why I thought it was going to (laughs) work, but, um, so I opened myself back up and to go through how I opened myself back up. A lot of it was meditation. So to deal with the things that had happened, I started doing a lot of deep breathing and I started doing a lot of meditation, a shout outs to the app headspace. I think I've talked about that app on here before. But Headspace and Relax Light, both of them are free. I believe Headspace does have other like premium plans, but you can get into it for free. And those apps helped me through a lot. And Headspace is guided meditation. So it helped me be able to listen to someone and really actually like zone into what they're saying and apply their lesson to my everyday life one of my favorite things that the person who guides you through the meditation was saying was that when you are when you have thoughts think about them as cars passing by you don't hold on to that car you can't keep your mind on that car it's racing by so you see it acknowledge it let it go and I had that was one of the biggest things that helped me which is holy shit you're right so shout outs to them, great apps. And if you feel like you need some calm in your life, they're great. After uh, listening to Headspace for, okay, so it took me probably like a couple months with Headspace and it was like the first week program. And it was just because I would, I originally, I was like, okay, I'm going to do it like every Sunday morning because I would love to meditate before I go to work. But I wasn't able to, and so sometimes I would do these like five-minute meditations with Simple Habit, which was a great app. But um, I stopped. F- uh, five minutes wasn't enough for me. I got I got to this normality of it where like I wanted more. Like I wanted 15 minutes. I wanted longer. And so being able to do it on the weekend in the early morning, right when I wake up before I have breakfast, stuff like that was going to be great for me. So. I started actually just doing my meditation where I would sit in silence. I would set like a little vibration thing on my phone and I would actually go into the meditation using some of the same skills I had gotten from Headspace, scanning through my body, acknowledging how I'm feeling physically, emotionally, mentally, setting a tone for the meditation, things like that. And then just letting my mind basically go on a little vacation and a break. I would be in these moments and it felt like I was surrounded in light. It felt so good. And there was just no way for me to like explain that besides it just felt like I was surrounded in light. And I would just smile. And there were times where like I would cry. Like I would just cry. And it wasn't because I was thinking about something bad. It was just... All of a sudden, I felt so peaceful and so beautiful that I felt emotionally free. And that was a big thing for me. So meditation typically opens you up to basically anything, really. When I started doing the meditation, I also started doing um, my tarot card readings again because that was something that I would – I said, you know what? I haven't done that in a really long time. I have these cards. like I haven't touched them in two and a half years. And that's ridiculous. I need to get, I need to get back on track with myself and kind of start over at the basics. And that, that is actually a lot. Uh, that's part of why I started this podcast was because it was like, you know what? I got to get back to the basics. And one of those things that I've always felt was that I'm supposed to help people. And I was like, well, how can I help people? How do you talk about the subject with people? And then I realized I listen to podcasts all day. That's what they do. So now getting into the part that you're probably most excited about experiences. So some of these might be a little difficult for someone to believe. It's perfectly fine. It doesn't bother me at all. One of these is actually I've talked about in the interview when I said there's an experience that happened to me that I know is going to be outside of most people's available spectrum to believe. And When I say this story, they may turn around and say, well, I can't believe that. So how how can I believe anything else that comes out of your mouth? That was a big fear for me for being able to share that story. I just realized, you know what? I've got to share it. Um, So we're going to start with the first thing that happened. I had sort of started picking up on energies a lot easier after the meditation and the tarot cards and stuff like that, just picking up on stuff a lot better. And then I was laying in bed one day. And I, it was dark outside and the moon shines right down on our house. It passes over our house and so does the sun every single cycle. So it's really great because if the shades are open, you know, during nighttime or something, you'll see like the blue light all around the house. It's beautiful. Absolutely gorgeous. So I was sitting there like this. And I actually, it was like late at night and I left the curtains open so that I could just see and have this light like flow into the room. I was just like creating this like peaceful, calm environment really. Well, all of a sudden I see these three lights and I see them in the back of the yard and they kind of float around and you're kind of like dancing. And it would almost be what you would think of as an orb. Except it wasn't like, uh, the flickery dust sort of particle looking shape. It was almost more like a glowing bulb of light. It was glowing, it pulsated a little, and it sort of, uh, flickered almost. So at first I thought, like, is it a flashlight? Isn't like, you know, somebody out, like, I'm trying to think, like, logically. Is like, there's somebody outside in the back of my house? What's going on? So, but something in me was like, I'm having this thought, but emotionally, I'm calm. And actually, as the lights are getting closer, I feel happier. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to, like, lay here and let this happen. So I'm thinking, okay, well, the lights will stop. At this point now, they've gone from outside of the back of the yard into the screen patio. And they're now at the sliding glass door, which is my bedroom. So... I was like, okay, you know, if it's a flashlight, it would just end the sliding glass where it's set. No, the lights come into my room, but, and it's three separate big bouncing balls of light. They come in and it's almost like they're dancing and they kind of flitter around. They flitter around inside my, my room, right around my bed. They kind of circle around me and then they go kind of through the bedroom just a little bit. And then they come right back out the same way they came. And I'm like, what was that? (laughs) What was this? So I'm just thinking, okay, that just happened. I just saw that. You know, if you, you, you can say it's whatever light you want to, but light doesn't perforate stuff. And it came in the house. It came from outside in through the, through the sliding glass door in the house, danced around me in the bedroom, and then came back out. And my dog reacted to these lights. She ran into the bedroom, but she didn't bark at them. So she's experiencing the lights with me while I'm like, oh my god, what is this? And and there was beautiful, beautiful lights. Then I get a phone call on my phone. And I mean, like, it's late at night. It's probably like 11 o'clock. And it's my mom. And she's like, Melissa, what was that? And I said, and I'm, you know, I, I don't know what she's talking about. I'm like, what was what? She's like, what were those lights that just came in your room? So now I do not live with my parents. My parents live in their own house. I live in my own house. But if you listened to the, um, or you're part of our Patreon, the last true crime episode with Elisa Lamb, I mentioned the fact that my house had gotten broken into while I was at home and I chased the guy out. After that, my mother begged me to get an alarm system and get a camera. She, for whatever reason, had decided to start looking at the camera, of which, because I have an open floor plan, looks at almost every single room and every area of the house, including the backyard and the screen patio. So she watched the lights come in from the backyard Into the screen patio, through the sliding glass door, into my room. She didn't see what happened when they were in my room, only that my room on camera seemed brighter. And then they left. And when they left, the room got a little dimmer and they left the exact same way they came in. Left going through the sliding glass door, through the screen patio, and out to the backyard. That's when she called me. And I was like, oh, shit. I'm not the only one. Like... I experienced this. My dog experienced this. My mother, who doesn't believe in any of this, just experienced this herself and is calling me to be like, what is going on around your house? And I had to tell her, I don't know. I said, what else did you see? And she told me she saw it come in my room. And I said, did you see it like dance around in my room? She goes, no, it was dancing. I said, yeah. Then we'd kind of bounce back down, go up and down, go up and down. Almost like, um, like it was dancing to some rhythmic music, but there was no music on. And I just kind of did this. And it's like all three of them would like bounce in their own separate individual patterns. They circled around me and then went back outside. And we were just all like, huh, don't know what that was. So (laughs) that was the first thing that happened. Then the next thing that happened was I was on the way to my mom's house. And for some reason, as I was driving, I had this picture in my mind that I knew exactly what she was wearing, which, I mean, we hadn't discussed it. And again, as I said, I don't live with my parents. So she has more than enough clothes, and so does my dad. And I could figure out exactly what they were wearing, what they had on, their jewelry, their shoes, their how my mom had her hair combed, what my dad had on, if he had a jacket or not. And I I didn't – it was something I think I was – say like, we were discussing. I said, okay. You know, I guess that's just maybe that's their most active output that I've seen them in, you know, recently or, you know, some, something something like, like, it's not a big deal. So I go and I walk up and I said, huh, said, did you guys just get dressed? And they said, no, we've been in this for like over half an hour. We were waiting for you to like get here. And I was like, uh-huh. And it was exactly to a T what I had envisioned, even down to their jewelry. So okay, cool. Then when I had also been driving out. So this this these two occurrences happened on the same trip to their house, so within like a 30 minutes span, but clearly were different. So one I was we were discussing something or whatever, and it ended up that we did discuss that topic. I did not bring it up, my parents did, which was really interesting. So I was like, "Okay, cool. So precognition, great." <laughs> And then i had had this like weird random dream about a cake. Again, this is as I'm driving. So it's more more like a daydream. So I'm still present driving and paying attention. But it's almost like I, I don't really know how to explain it more than it's almost like just like image just came to me. So it was me saying now at this point, it was me in the car saying, hey, you need to be careful about the cake in the trunk. And then the trunk flew open. And we didn't lose the cake, but it flew up and we had to pull over and, you know, close the trunk of the car. And, and by we, I mean like, like uh, me, like, like I had to do this. So clearly I didn't have a cake in the trunk. We weren't going for a birthday or anyone's birthday. I didn't know anything about it. I had no clue. Turns out that there was someone's birthday And they just forgot to tell me about it. I didn't know anything about a birthday. I didn't know anything about a cake. I didn't know anything about that they had the cake because it wasn't their birthday. It was a friend. It was like a friend's son's birthday, which you would think that the parent would have the birthday cake did not have it. They did. So I wouldn't have known anything about the cake to begin with. I didn't know anything about the birthday. And long and behold, it went in the trunk. And I was like, you may not want to put it in there. And I'm like, well, we don't have anywhere else to put it. I said, mm, you should check your trunk. No sooner I say that, my mom is kind of just shaking her head at me because she doesn't believe me. Puts the car in the reverse, trunk flies open, she almost lost the cake. Which is the exact same image I'd had in my mind. And I said, I told you, she's like, how did you? And I said, I had this weird image keep come to my mind as I was on my way over here. And she even said to me herself, she's like, you don't know anything about a cake. Did I tell you about a cake? I said, no. I said, you didn't tell me anybody's birthday. You didn't tell me anything about a cake. I didn't even know there was a cake until I got here and you came out of the house with it. So there was that. Then I remember this time we were at a store and My mom, all of a sudden, was trying to get a hold of one of her friends or something. And she could not get a hold of them. So, we're walking and we're walking and we're walking and we're walking. My mom apparently had her phone on silent and I didn't know this. And I said to her, all of a sudden, I stopped and I said to her, I said, you should check your phone and call your friend. And she said, huh? I said, you should just check your phone. I think your friends might be calling you. So... She goes, puts her hand... She, she Her phone's not vibrating. Goes, put her hand in her purse, takes your phone out, is about to tell me my friend's not calling me and goes, there's no one, looks down and her phone starts ringing. And it was the particular friend. So we could just call that a coincidence, but it freaked her out because she was just like... She's like, that's weird. Like, because she has a, a Bluetooth headset, so it doesn't ring through her phone. It rings through the headset. But for some reason... It didn't ring this particular time. It didn't ring through the headset at all. Additionally, her phone was on silent. So she should have heard it only through the headset, wouldn't have heard it, wouldn't have had any idea, anything like that. So, And it was just very interesting that I said that the second she's about to tell me no, it starts ringing. And that was the only reason why she got the phone call that she was waiting for. So then I start waking up and when I wake up, I have these like thoughts. And it's, like, you need to make sure you do this today. You need to make sure you do that today. You need to do the other. Like, it's almost like all these, like, it's almost like hearing your spirit guide. Except it's not, like, a strong hearing your spirit guide. It's more like a, almost like your spirit guide is, like, texting you a reminder. That's that's honestly, like, what it feels like. And... If I try to ignore it, it's almost kind of like this whole episode with me saying, you know what? I should just stick to the actual plan that I have because next week's episode is going to be an interview that I did last week. So like that's going to push stuff out more. Like let's just like stick with what I had. And it, and it makes me get this feeling of you're doing something wrong and you basically, you need to listen to me. So. I did that, I, I did it each time, and it, every single time it made me feel better. I talked about, I, and I remember I had spoken about this already, where I got this picture of a person who was moving on, and she didn't give me any details, and I didn't know really where she came from. Uh, I finally figured out it was someone on Twitter, but unfortunately, I wasn't really able to figure out who. It was like a relative of the person, and they hadn't posted them on Twitter, but uh, hopefully she was able to get that information because I wasn't able to get it to, to her because I didn't know her and I couldn't figure out who the hell it was. Because the spirit, when it passed on, didn't really give me a lot of information. It was mostly just being like, hey, tell my friend I said bye, peace. And then it peaced out. And I'm like, but we, what, for, who are, what? <laughs> so thanks for not giving me any information. But I had that happen and I was like, okay, that's new. Like I haven't had that happen in a really long time where I've had a spirit come to me. Now it did not come to me as far as appearing in the house or something like that. It was more like it tapped into my wavelength for half a second, gave me a message, and then tapped out. And then there was also this time where I picked up on negative energy that was in a house. And it was a house that was it was a story that was done about an experience that this couple was having and in the story the host of the podcast was they you know the person was on the podcast but they were going over the information and the story and everything and I picked up on the negative essence that was there and that actually affected me for the rest of the day which really sucked because I first off wasn't expecting that second off it was it wasn't the the entity itself, it was the entity's essence that was affecting me because I was picking up on things so strongly that's what I got and it had me i ended up with a horrible nightmare and I ended up uh cleansing myself afterwards of the energy and everything was fine afterwards It was just that that one crappy dream that happened. But that that hadn't occurred in a really long time, which is part of why and that's part of this whole I'm opening myself back up. I thought by opening myself back up, I would kind of have to catch back up to speed. No, instead, I basically just picked up exactly where I left off. And that's been part of these moments where I'm not expecting this stuff to happen because it's coming out of nowhere. It's not like, oh, you know, let me just give you some information. No, it's just popping up. And I'm like, oh, thanks. Was I like, first off, I didn't even think I'd be able to pick this up right now. And then second off, like, not only can I pick it up, this is just coming to me in waves. And I wasn't ready for it, I'll be honest, because I, I just thought I was going to have to cat- play catch up. So if we're going to get into titles, one of the things that I would be is an impact. I've known this for a really long time. I've tried to ignore it for a very long time, mostly because I my difficulty with it is the kind of line between where is it that you are picking up other people's emotions versus you're reading body language, body signals, things like that. Now, I observe people, so I, I'm a natural observer. I don't typically talk this much in real life. Unless like I love you, <laughs> and then you get you get all the details all the time. So because I'm an observer, I'm a, I observe people's body language. You can read a lot about someone's emotional state from their body language and their tone. If you just listen, you can get a lot of information from that. So it's like okay, where does that break apart from me going? Okay, empathically, I'm picking up on your your information, and that I really struggled with, and I began to realize that. If you, so if you're saying that there's visual and audio cues and you don't have those in front of you anymore, but you can still figure out how this person's feeling, that, that's the line between the body language and tonal infractions and being an empath. There's the line right there. So I'll be honest. I used to think being an empath was a bad thing because for me the way that and there's different types of impacts the way that my empathic abilities would work was i would get this person's emotional state and of course i want to help them i want to help them feel better i want to give them healing light and help them get back get past this and know that they are going to get past this and it's going to be okay but Some people don't have the best intentions in heart, And so if you, you can give them healing light now, but they're going to want it more and more and more. And you only have so much that you can give at one time before you start getting drained and you start getting messed up. And so I just sort of started feeling like being an empath was sort of sucking for me because of my personality too. Like I felt like I was giving too much. And also you don't want to hear other people's emotions 24 seven 7 So how do you block it out? How do you break up? How do you, how do you keep your distance and break apart from that a little bit? How do you still help people, but still sort of keep your sanity, really? And after what happened last week, which, uh, will be coming up shortly, suddenly I realized that being an empath can be a really good thing for you as a person. And one of those really great things that it is for me is that I, if I'm going to sit here and say, like, in, in a, let's say, so in a 24-hour day, I spend eight hours with negative people. People who stay on one particular topic, and that is the negativity that happened in their life. You can, they can have the best day. They can win the lottery and then turn around and get pissed off because they tripped over a, a rock. And and all of a sudden, tripping over the rock is more important than the fact that they just won the lottery. So it's really hard to be an empath when you're in that situation. And being an empath can sometimes cause anxiety and other little things like that because you're being surrounded by other people's emotions as well as your own. So you have to have like a good control on your own emotions and other people's and how they affect you. And I think I just finally began to understand that... Having this gift doesn't just mean that I have to help people, and it doesn't just mean that I get to figure out what they're feeling and that it bothers me. It can also mean that I can be prepared for how they're feeling and not let it bother me, which is now at the point that I'm at. Now I'm at the point where I see that you have this emotion, and I'm sorry that you have this emotion, but I'm going to keep my distance from that emotion. And it's now become this preparation sort of tactic to keep myself sane and keep myself whole and keep myself distant from this negativity instead of embodying, you know, basically sort of being the placeholder for somebody's negativity all day. And then then coming home and being like, well, what do I do with my feelings now? So that's actually really good. So what happened this weekend? And actually by this weekend, it's really last weekend that started all of this, is I had done a tarot card reading. And basically when I did this tarot card reading, it hit me. Like, I felt like the energy from it just hit me. And it said some stuff to me. And at first I was like, wait, what? That doesn't make any sense. And I was like, you know what? It'll make sense to me when it's supposed to. And then as the day went on, it's, without me even thinking about it, I started doing it. I started doing what it was that it was talking about. I started going through all these things and I just started feeling so peaceful and so calm and, and assured actually, which was an amazing feeling and just almost like free and confident in myself, which was insane for me. I was able to keep that through the whole week. No matter, don't get me wrong. There are tons of, th- there's actually, I had to re-record the beginning part of this episode because of something that, like, was annoying that happened. It was annoying. It was unexpected. It came out of the blue. It's going to cost me money that, quite frankly, I don't have. And it just came out of nowhere. But I'm just kind of like, okay. It's a, it's a sort of acceptance that I just haven't had in a really long time. And it's it's, um, don't get me wrong. I still have difficult times. I still have difficult moments. But... But all of a sudden, things are just so much easier ever since that reading. To get into some, I guess you would call these like psychic things. I was going to go talk to someone that I know is also an empath and just talk to her about her days, like that, how she's doing, etc. And I walk out the door and I said, "Hey, you know, typical hello." And she said hello, but it was like the second after she said hello, in my mind, I heard happy birthday, Charlotte. And I heard it so loud, I thought she said it. And so I kind of stopped. And she kind of looked at me weird. And I looked at her weird. And I like walked a little closer to her. I was like, did you say happy birthday, Charlotte? And she looked at me and she goes, no. She goes, but I was just thinking happy birthday, Charlotte. Today's my friend's birthday. She's like, what's so interesting to me is she didn't ask me how I knew that. She didn't ask me how I knew it. She didn't ask me because I didn't know she had a friend named Charlotte. Like we're like, we're, we're not friends. We're like, you know, we talk like three times. I, I just, I'm, I'm able to see her three times a week for about 10 minutes. We chit chat about random stuff. I just learned her kids names the other day, like legitimately the other day. It doesn't make sense that I would know that just now, but somehow know, like, all her, all the names of her friends, or even her friend's birthday. But she never questioned me on it. Never. Not a single thing. Just like, that happened. Okay, cool. And then just kept going. Then we had a meeting, and... I was just like, come on, can we, like, please start this meeting and stop chit-chatting about stuff? Like, the meeting was already starting late and all this stuff. And I already knew, like, it just wasn't going to be, like, a good, advantageous meeting. And I'm just waiting, really. And in my head, I hear the thought. It was almost like what happened when I was describing the car and the trunk and seeing my parents. It was like this image hit me that this person had kind of crossed their arms, kicked out their legs smirked like an asshole, and then said, Are we boring you, Melissa? About 10-15 seconds afterwards, this thing happened. Now, I even and I actually talk about this on the interview for next week that you guys will hear. We were talking about while I believe in everything, that doesn't mean that I approach things in an illogical way. I still want to debunk my own experiences as much as I can. Until I get to this point where it's like, you just had the experience. And the clear sign that she hadn't said this before was there were four other people in the room with me when this happened. The four other people visually and or audibly reacted when this person said what they said. If it would have happened the 10 to 15 seconds before I heard it so clearly in my mind They would have done it then not later so that happened i said okay and then and this is kind of going to go into a little bit of a dark thought or dark thought about suicide don't worry nothing nothing like that but just i have to bring up that word and i just want to make sure it's not going to hurt or affect anyone so i i had started having like suicidal thoughts which I understand is a huge, big thing, but I was like, "That's weird." I don't, f- I don't feel like it's coming from me. I didn't feel it was coming from me at all. I didn't know who it was coming from, but it—it it felt like it wasn't coming from someone that I talked to all the time, or that I even per se sometimes would talk to weekly. It didn't feel like it was coming from someone that I would see on a regular basis so I was just like I don't and it felt like it was uh what I kept calling it in my mind was a neighbor of someone I knew that's what I kept calling it not that it was like um like they lived next to someone that I knew it was more like it was someone that person cared about but I wasn't really sure what it was so my mind just kept saying a neighbor of someone I know and essentially that when the time was right I would figure out what it was out of the freaking blue, a friend of mine who I hadn't spoken to about maybe a month pops up out of nowhere and she starts talking to me about a friend of hers who unfortunately was going through a hard time and was all of a sudden having suicidal thoughts. And she just came out of the blue and started talking to me about this. And I was just like, huh, got it. See where it's coming from. Okay. I don't believe anything happened with her friend, but that that experience was really weird for me because I I really had to sit down and question, is this coming from me? Am I am I unhappy? Am I depressed? What is going on? And I realized it was not me. And it was really scary because I was like, who is it coming from? And see, these are the things that you have to understand can happen. And that's why you have to be careful if you're going to open yourself up, because if you have abilities or you develop abilities, you have to sort of figure out how to deal with them. And it's different for everyone, too. So after last week and the carrot card reading and stuff, one of the things that messages that had told me was basically to go back to this period of time where I was learning and I had kept wanting to learn things and so on and so forth. And I listened to this amazing podcast. It's Me and Paranormal You. But they actually have a new podcast, which is This is Where the Magic Happens. It's great. So they had the first episode of This is Where the Magic Happens on Me and Paranormal You. And I was listening to it. And I believe the woman's name is Sarah Groff. Sarah Groff. Uh, she was on the episode. And she uh, can do quite a couple different things, was talking about it, quite a couple of different things. And I really just connected with her through the episode. And I don't know if... here. So here's the thing. So I am in the process of listening to a bunch of different podcasts at the same time. I'm trying to find new podcasts all the time. Um, I appreciate when people reach out to me. I reach out to other people. So I'm in this process where... At any given time, even right now, there is almost 300 episodes of podcasts on my phone downloaded. So that means there's podcasts I haven't heard from before. There's podcasts that I absolutely love and adore. My podcast player is set up, which I use Podcast Addict. Shout out to them too. I have it set up where if it is a podcast that uh, is one of my favorites, Basically, any episode I haven't heard of from them is downloaded on the phone, and then any new episodes they have are allowed to be downloaded on the phone. And then for any podcast that's new and I'm just starting, I'll download three to four episodes. So when I'm listening to podcasts, I either have the, the choice of being able to listen to my favorites or being able to listen to a podcast cute. And the queue has every single episode that is downloaded on my phone in there. So if I say I have 300 episodes on my phone, I have 300 episodes in the queue. It's amazing to me that that episode came up because that was one out of over 300 episodes that came out of nowhere. Additionally, I still have plenty of other episodes that I need to listen to for me and Paranormal You. So that means I have older episodes of theirs on my phone as well and technically the older episodes should have come up before the newer one did because that was the you you can either do like newest episodes from like the podcast you really like to the oldest or you can do a random and I was on random I was not on newest o- oldest so this one came up and I just I was connecting to so many different things that she was saying and she was talking about her light and learning and things like that and I really just sat down and I was like, okay, I I have to do this. I get it, universe. Got it. Like between the tarot cards and having feeling every time someone's like, hey, is there a group for this? And I find out there's a group for that. And I kind of want to join it, but then I kind of back off of it. Stuff like that. Like you're pushing me in a certain direction. And I feel like the this is where the magic happens episode was the last push. And so I finally agreed to it. So I joined a couple groups on Facebook for empaths and psychics and mediums and stuff like that. And one of them, I was able to do a psychic photo reading, which I've never done. I've never sat down and been like, oh, let me prepare myself for doing a photo reading. Never, never, ever in my life have I done it. Never even known how to do it. Never have like whatever. So this photo comes up and I scroll down and I just want to cry immediately, I just want to cry. And I, I was listening to a podcast while I was still actually in the middle of listening to this podcast episode while I'm looking at this photo. And I was like, okay, maybe it's an overwhelm of emotions. I'm still at work. Maybe I just need to look at it again when I come home and see if I have the same reaction. So I don't trust that this reaction is solely from this. It could be from my day. It could be from whatever. Let me just come home Be able to be in this place where I feel safe and secure and welcome and and open and try again. So I leave work. I'm in the car. I'm thinking about this picture. And that's it. I start wanting to cry again. And I get a little bit more information. I get home. And I said, okay, you know what? I have to respond to this. I have to. And I could be wrong or whatever, but I have to respond to it. So... I go, I get my response, and then after I was done, I felt plain. I didn't have the feeling of wanting to cry anymore when I looked at the picture. Like, I was done. So I close out. I'm finished. I'm like, I, I actually, at this point, so there were two other comments, and some people had replied, I thought, or something. So I look at the other comments, and everybody else's is, like, nice and happy (laughs) and I'm over here like every time I look at this picture it feels like I want to cry like I feel like you've been through something and you lost someone or something very dear to you and I was even at this point where I was beginning to get a name and I was like let me not go there because if I'm wrong like my biggest concern was just like they're gonna think I'm like an idiot I've never done this before again just opened myself back up to my abilities a couple months ago like maybe that's just, just too soon and I and too much too soon the girl responds back to me and. Turns out that that's exactly what she had been doing over the last couple months. I was exactly right, and I was just like, "Whoa!" And sure, you could say that you know I just picked up on something, and and in the picture she was smiling. She seemed fine. She seemed happy. You could say I picked up on sadness from the picture and just immediately clung to that. But then, like, why was I starting to get a name? Why was I starting to, like, understand, like, this woman's thought process and and say it to her? And she told me, yeah, you're right. That's exactly what's going on. And then she went into it a little bit. Like, I don't know this person at all. I've never met this person before in my life. And I was just like, whoa, okay. I have also, I don't really know what's been going on lately. I, you know, we talked about astral projection on Phil's podcast, Ghost in the Night. Shoutouts to them. There's so many shoutouts. Shoutouts to like three different apps and and a podcast. (laughs) I feel like every five minutes I'm going shoutouts to someone else. But I am sitting here and I was just like, okay, you know, cool. I hadn't been thinking about astral projection. hadn't been planning on doing it, anything like that. But lately, I keep finding myself in more places. Like spiritually, not physically. Physically, I'm still in bed. But it'll be like spiritually I will – it's almost like my subconscious is awake and somehow I'm floating in these weird places that I've never been to before. And then when I come back to my body, however it was that I was walking or laying or whatever, is exactly how I look when I'm back. And that's not how I went to bed. Nothing's ruffled or moved or anything like I moved that way. And it's – it doesn't – feel like a dream it feels more like i'm traveling so i'm not sure if i am just traveling or i'm having like extremely lucid dreams now all of a sudden but i get feelings from those dreams like i feel certain ways and it it, i it makes me feel like real life like it feels like to the point that like i wake up and i'm like was i seriously sleeping like i didn't i didn't think i was sleeping i thought i was in this place and i i didn't think i was in bed at all So that's been happening lately. (laughs) Um, So the last thing that I'm going to say, this this is the occurrence that's going to be probably the hardest for people to understand. I just hope that you guys have an open mind. If you feel like it's impossible, that's okay. That doesn't bother me at all. What does bother me is if anyone takes offense to it, that's not what this story is for. So this story is about healing. It's about uh, people who say that they can heal other people, and my experience with that. So this is a touchy subject for you. Now might be a great time for you to turn off the episode because that's what the next two occurrences are about. So in the interview with Phil, I had mentioned something about how I had an occurrence where essentially somewhere something like I had healed someone, and I really didn't believe I had done it, but this person like believed I did. They are actually the one. They came up to me and were like. Thank you for what you did. I don't know what you did, but you did it. And I know you did. So to give the detail about this, now this is before I had closed myself off. So this is several years ago. I don't like hospitals. I haven't liked hospitals since my grandmother was alive. So, and I remember I did this when she, the first time she went to the hospital. I had gone to the hospital with my mom because her, the owners of the company that she worked for their relative was in the hospital. He was in the hospital to the point that they were making funeral funeral arrangements. They did not believe that he was going to make it. They did not believe he was going to be okay. The doctors didn't really completely understand what was wrong with him. We're running a whole bunch of tests. They, didn't, they really didn't get it. He was, a lot of the time, unresponsive to treatments. They just didn't really know what was happening. So, so basically, they'd been told by the doctors, you need to prepare and you need to start funeral arrangements, stuff like that. It was basically like us coming as a support to the family and also say goodbye to him. So I didn't know him, but my mom had met him a couple times and that was it. Go to the hospital, we get up there and I just feel, and when I sit here and I say this story, I, I go back to that moment. And I, it was like I could feel everyone's discomfort and pain and it was horrible. It was horrible. Walking down the corridor to that room was horrible. So you get in the room. It's like that feeling zones in on him. I see the owners of the company give him a hug and so forth. And I'm not, I, at this point, I'm like a teenager, so it's the whole like, your point is invalid. Just be quiet and stand there, and then you know you can talk when we get back home. That was so. I kind of just stood in like a little bit of a corner, and I'm looking over at the person who's laying on the bed, and I just see this huge dark black energy. It was like negative energy. And I don't mean negative as in evil. I mean negative as a, as like a void. Like something was like a void around this person and it was dragging him further and further away. And I just thought it was really weird that I'd seen that. I don't know. Something about the situation and the sadness and everything, it overwhelmed me to this point that I just wanted to help the person. So what I did was... It was almost like a recycling recycling of energy. I took their negative, voided energy into myself and gave them my positive energy. So my light energy, everything, and I poured it into them. I could see that there was like an issue with his liver. I poured it in there. You see like there's like an issue with him breathing. I poured it in there. I just slammed him with this energy, basically, until I couldn't really see the negative energy anymore. Or until I must pass out. I am now at this point where I'm sitting in a chair. I'm burning up. I feel like I'm about to pass out. And I'm trying to get my mother's attention to be like, I need to leave. I need to go home. I need I need to get out of here now. And she's not paying a lick of attention to me. And I'm trying to be polite. And it gets to the point where the owners see me looking like this. And they're like, what's wrong with your daughter? And she's like, oh, she's just fine. And I'm like, no, I really don't feel well. So I had almost passed out and they saw me sort of like fall forward. And they're like, oh shit, like she really has to go somewhere. So my mom is now pissed off at me for like embarrassing her because I got sick. And she ends up having to actually help me to the car. But she still does not believe there's anything wrong with me. Doesn't believe me at all. So she is... Now helping me to the car because I'm dragging my feet because I can't really move them. We get in the car and she's like, what is wrong with you? And I said, you wouldn't believe me if I told you. So, but I need to leave this hospital now. Like, I need to go. So she's fussing at me, but we leave. As we get further and further away from the hospital, I begin to feel a little bit better. After that occurrence, suddenly he starts getting better. He was out of the hospital within three days. Doctors were baffled. They still ran him through a crap ton of tests. They could not understand how the hell he seemed to be feeling better. They didn't get it. It didn't make any sense to them. They were like, what? I don't get it. Don't get it at all. So my mom gets the call that he's doing better. And I guess they, I think they said to her, I don't know what your daughter did, but thank you. And they're the ones who believed I did something. And my mom was taken back by that. And then she called me, and I remembered I was in school, and I was just like, what? Because, you know, this whole situation, like, I'm telling you I'm not doing well. You're fussing at me and yelling at me. You won't even help me get out the car. I understand that you don't care, but, like, I need to get out of there. And and that should have been your prime thing. So I'm still mad about the whole situation. And she's like, did you do something when you were at the hospital? I said, what exactly do you mean? And she told me that he was feeling better, that he had gotten out, that the doctors were flabbergasted. And I said... Oh, it worked. And she's like, what worked? And I told her I healed him. And she's like, you can't. I said, well, that's what I did. He said, that's, now again, this was not the first time I had done this. I had actually done it to her before. And she had no idea I'd had. And I said, he was going to die. And it wasn't his time. And I was able to help. And since I was able to help, I did. He said he has a problem with his liver, he needs to stop drinking. Mind you, I don't know this person. He said he has a problem with his liver, he needs to stop drinking, he needs to be careful with that stuff. I think he said I said he had something wrong with his lungs, something in his bronchioles that was a problem. Um, and he needed to be careful with certain things. Like I started saying like he needed all this stuff. So my mom gets the phone with me. And in passing, he he returns to the office maybe like a week later, comes in and he goes, I heard you came to visit me and you brought your daughter. And she said, yes. And she said, did your daughter? And he goes, and my mother said, my daughter saved her life. And he gave her a hug and he started crying. And he said, please tell her. I said, thank you. They started talking and my mom brought up the liver stuff. And he said, yeah, he was actually struggling with being a raging alcoholic chain-smoking, a whole bunch of other stuff that was going on, and his body just could not take everything that he had basically dumped on it, uh, additionally to some other stuff that was going on with him. So my mom said that I had mentioned, like, about five or so different things that he needed to take care of, and that was it. And I was perfectly—after we got home, I was basically wiped out for the rest of that day— Uh, and the next day, but then after that I was fine. I went right back to being normal and I was okay. Um, and then I was able to meet him like, uh, about a year or two later and he gave me the biggest hug and he was like, thank you for saving my life. And I'm like, I didn't save your life. And he's like, yes, you did. And I said, no, I didn't. I said, you just needed someone to help you. And I did. That's it. And, um, so that was... That was, I think, probably one of the first times my mom legitimately believed believe me. Like she, like, because, because other people couldn't understand how this happened. And so my mom, for the first time ever, looked at me a lot differently when I would say something happened. It didn't mean that she wanted to hear it. It didn't mean that she completely 110% believed me. But she would go back to this moment of when I had told her this and she didn't believe me. I had displayed these symptoms she didn't believe me. And other people had to tell her, you're an idiot, basically. You should have believed your daughter. She, she would just go back to that moment. So what happened last night was I was not feeling very well. I had gone over to my parents and I had made them dinner. It was um my mom's birthday was a couple weeks ago. But between being extremely sick and everything going on and just finances, I really didn't have the money to take her out and do anything about it so we we did something this weekend which was me cooking for her and doing some stuff for and stuff like that i left a little later than i had planned to and i started feeling a bit unwell the area of where my parents live it's populated just fine but it's still they still like to be like really rural so there's like a really really nice racetrack and a really nice burger king and they're building up stuff out there but there's no street lights uh, down that road and it's the main road where all the complexes are and the subdivisions or come off that road and everything and they may have street lights but the actual main road doesn't Past the traffic light get on the highway and i'm used to this i used to live there for a long time i used to travel up and down these roads like it's normal to me so i'm driving and it occurred like i have the windows down and i'm thinking about light and just my light that i've been getting like really uh, you know comfortable with I'm thinking about that and just stuff like that. And and I begin to feel better when I will take my hand and put my hand on my stomach and just imagine that that area is gathering light and full of like healing light. Again, previously I, I assisted in helping someone heal and I did that by taking in their ailment You can't heal yourself by taking in your own ailment because your own ailment is already in your body. And there are plenty of articles and things that talk about different ways to heal yourself and heal other people. And that healing the way that I had for that person is actually dangerous because it means that you are taking your essentially light essence to heal someone else. It's dangerous not in like it's going to kill you. It's in a it's makes you feel sick. Like it, it drains you. And I knew that, but that was just the easiest way for me to do it in severe circumstances, such as the one where this man was in the hospital. But there are, there's another way to heal yourself, which is supposed to be that you basically like figure out where you're hurting. And in your mind, you feel that you you fill that area with light and you just keep filling it and filling it and filling it. And eventually it'll heal. I've tried that. It didn't work. I think it worked once. But I'm I'm much better at recycling of energy. Like, I'll even, like, recycle energy with the earth. I did it for, like, my leg once and something stupid i done. Things like that. So it was, I'm explaining this to say that it makes sense that I, I to myself, was thinking, okay, well, if I was going to heal, like, the issue though, what was going on or to make it feel a little bit better. And I wasn't even thinking about healing. I just was thinking about light and was thinking about the fact that this area hurt. And basically, whenever I put my hand there and I put the intention of, Please stop hurting so that i can get home and feel better that seemed to be working i'm driving through now what is an extremely populated area with outlets and malls and this and that and that and the other and there are a ton of street lights and they're not on and it kind of dawns on me but i don't really think much of it because it's just like eh, you know whatever and there's storms maybe something you don't you don't know you don't know and i didn't come that way To get to their house, I came a different way. So who knows? Honestly, a storm could have knocked something. You don't know. But then again, why would it just be the streetlights? You don't know. So I'm driving and I'm driving and driving. And I get to, which it's also really funny because as I continue to tell this story, the lights in my house have flickered three times now. (laughs) So I keep pausing in the audio because I'm just like, are you still recording? Are you still working? Okay, cool. Um, so I keep driving and driving and driving, and I get to another popular, pop, like, extremely populated, like, the other one, and I'm like, okay, no, there should be lights here. Like, this, essentially, like, this is pretty far away from the first. That doesn't really make any sense. I'm kind of, like, looking at the light bulbs as I drive underneath them, and I notice that they are on, and they kind of, like, you know, like, uh, when a bulb's about to die, or something like it, kind of does this like dim light, and then it oh, it begins to like get brighter, 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 and turn on. Well, that's what it was doing, but it would only happen after I had passed the light. So if I was coming up to the light, it would shut off, and then as I passed the light, it would, as I was going underneath the light, you could see it getting brighter, 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 and then as I drove by, it turned back on. Now I'm tired, I'm in pain, and as, as if I don't keep my hand on my stomach, and I'm like. Uh yeah, I'm probably just tired. And that's, I'm just, I'm just imagining this at this point. So apparently the universe's way for me to, to call me out on being an idiot was, as I'm saying to myself, I must be imagining this. Six lights in front of me all shut off at the same time. They were on, they shut off. I had not passed them. And not only did I see it, but there was a car that was speeding and had seen this happen, freaked the fuck out, sort of slammed on the brakes as a little swervy thing, all because the light shut off and it was speeding and it just startled the car. The car was fine. It didn't hit anyone. It wasn't going to hit anyone. And I was like, oh shit. Okay, wait. So that... Like now I have a witness. (laughs) So let's, so if I want to sit here in a bucket, okay, like, let's sit here and think about this. Like, so you're telling me that I'm thinking about light and because I'm thinking about light and gathering light in order to help myself and it's nighttime, pitch black, there is no light. Every bit of light that comes on that I pass underneath, I'm gathering and bringing to my body and then it comes back on. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Why would that even happen? But then I question this and then all of a sudden, all the lights shut off simultaneously. Simultaneously. Only to finally turn on the second my car passes them. So it's now at this point a white car in my car. Those are the only two cars that pass between the moment that all those lights shut off and all the lights turn back on. No other cars did. And I had to sit down, I had to say to myself, I think that means I'm doing this. Like, I think because I am envisioning gathering light and there is no light source out right now that's super close to me, the closest thing for me to gather light from. That I don't need, like, I could gather light from my car, but I need my car in order to move. So the closest thing for me to gather light from that's stationary that won't hurt anyone would be a street light. So I call my dad, who he's way more open into stuff like that. And we've been talking about the fact that I've been having a lot of, like, light stuff happen to me lately. And he's been, so he's been really interested in what I'm telling him, like, stuff about light that's been going on with me. And I told him what was happening. And I was like, as I'm telling you this story, Dad, like, it just happened again. Like, all the lights on this side, and it wasn't on both sides of the road. It was on my side of the road. Because I'm all, I'm at this point on a three-lane highway. So the lights on the three-lane highway are the ones that are messed up. The lights coming in the opposite direction, they're all on. That's part of why I was like, that's really weird that only these lights are off. <laughs> and then, oh, they're coming back on. And I was like, okay, maybe they're just turning them back on. But, like... The mileage doesn't make any sense. And he's like, uh, I think you need to realize that you're the one doing it. And I was just like, I guess so. What else do I say to this? But that was the last thing that happened. And there, I, there are people who they, for some reason, when they're around lights, they're either will turn off or turn on or get brighter. There's a theory that used to, I don't know if it's still on, but some people would say that extremely psychic or children who would be a medium would be able to affect lights that way. And it was like, it meant that it was like spirits or stuff like that. And it was a corresponding with between spiritual energy and the light. And it was actually like their energy manifesting. I don't know if that's true. I have no idea about any of it. But those have been my occurrences thus far. I don't know about a lot of them. Like, a lot of them, like, I can't, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like I have, like, visual proof or audio proof or anything like that. But to say something that was said to me in the interview I had, that's going to be coming up next week with Kate from Ignorance with Bliss. Thank you, Kate, by the way, for being on the episode. It doesn't really matter if you believe or not. It doesn't take away from the fact that this person had this experience. It doesn't. That's what I have really had to embody. And that's part of why I think I had to tell these is because one of the reviews that I had gotten was that I talk about uh, spiritual occurrences that people wish people would talk about more, but no one does. Or they haven't heard them before and they've always been really interested in, in them and they haven't been able to hear them before. I don't talk about things if I don't know them or if I don't research them or if they haven't happened to me or something like that. I think it's really good to have that reputation, I think, of being able to approach everything in the paranormal. Not just, oh, the common things or the most talked about things or the most believable things. But it being able to be like, yeah, this happened to me. Or, yeah, this happened to you. Or, like, that's just it. That's, that's all there is to it. It's an experience. And at the end of the day, like, that's what life is about, right? Our experiences... Our joys, our woes, are what we learn. So that's all I've got for you guys today. For the thing that I learned. So this is awesome. The thing I learned was from my favorite murder. Which, I swear to God, this is the last time I'll say shout out to them. They don't, look, they don't listen to this podcast. (laughs) Karen and Georgia have like 20 million freaking podcasts they can listen to. They don't listen to this podcast. They're never going to know about it. Nothing. But... I got it from them. And when I heard it, it it made a profound difference in my life. And they're also a part of what gives me, you know, gave me the courage to begin to do these little like, what did I learn the week or happy little things at the end of the episodes that's something to do on their show. It always makes me smile. And I always love it. And they, this was theirs. And so I will share it with you because now it's mine. Uh, this was theirs. And I will share it with you because now it's mine. So... It was a to-do list, which I was like, just like fuck is a to-do list? <laughs> um, and it's basically like, you know, we sit here and we make these to-do lists and we go through all the things that, like, we have to do in a day. And then sometimes it helps us out. But then if we don't get them all done, like, sometimes it just makes us feel more impacted for the next day and the next day. And that's unhealthy. You only have so much time in the day. And you can't just count your failures. You should be able to count your successes, too. A to-do list is basically to talk about all the things that you did today. So, for like for instance, like my to-do list would be I recorded a podcast episode, or um, because I was up till like one something in the morning, I started working on my a new website for my blog, or I cleaned up the yard a little bit, or I I ate a really unhealthy lunch that I loved. <laughs> Like, just little – it doesn't mean that I did all these amazing, incredible things. But if it brings you joy and it brings you happiness. Isn't that the same thing I mentioned earlier? Focusing on this one negative thing when you have all these positive things in your life? A Tadal is basically just as you saying, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to focus on the the positive things that happen today. I'm going to focus on, like, the little – things that happened, and give those more power than the negative things. Now, I have not written down a to list at all. <laughs> I haven't. And I listened to this episode on um uh Friday. I listened to it on Friday, and I did not write down a single thing. But mentally, I've had it in my head. I've just been like, okay, you know, like when I'm sitting here, and I'm like, hey, you know, I really, I really sort of want to do this today. And I'm like, but what else did you do today? or how did this go or how like it's almost like a mental check-in and those are really important sometimes it doesn't mean that you have to like sit there and like self-analyze and reflect and all that shit but a mental check-in does a lot for you so that's my thing that i learned this week thank you guys for listening with me this far i know i typically i would have broken these up but i just you guys apparently like long episodes so this is a long episode for you (laughs) and just thank you guys for being so wonderful and being so great and liking the podcast and everything that's going on and um just thank you guys for being you and keep being yourselves taking care of yourselves staying safe out there keeping your head on your shoulders don't kill anyone because that's not good (laughs) and just take care guys so